Hello and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter. And today we are going to talk about healing your soul like Wolverine. But first, a word from our sponsor. Our sponsor for this episode is Don Taco Mobile Taco Stand. If you're looking for the best tacos in the valley, look no further. Let Don Taco cater your next event, whether it's a birthday party, quinceañera, or a wedding. They will bring to you the tastiest tacos made with the freshest of ingredients. Book them today. Go to dontacocatering.com to learn more. You can also follow them on Instagram at dontacomts. And now, to the show. So, we talked a little bit about fish fry the other day. And, uh, and how lobster is better than fish? How lobster is better <laughs> than fish and shrimp, you know? Um, it's like, we didn't give another, uh, we didn't give a lot of uh, options that are not um, seafood related, you know, that are mainly like plant-based, which is like fashionable to say now. The Incredible Burger. Have you had the Incredible Burger? I haven't. Is that the one from Burger King? Well, I think Incredible Burger is like the brand. Or Beyond Meat. Oh, Beyond Meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. So, um, but things like that. We haven't done that. We we do like some lentil-based um, meals, which I didn't like. Lente- Did you like lentejas? I love lentejas. I love lentejas. I know. I thought lot. it was like, do you like frijoles de la olla? Like beans? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which would just like a little bit of sprinkles of cheese on top, you would you would be set in tortillas. Mm-hmm. But um, the lentejas, I never liked them for some reason. My tia was like, "Did they have? Las lentejas, mijito, mucho hierro. Did they did they have chorizo <laughs> and bacon? No, they and... cannot have chorizo and bacon on Fridays, dude. Oh well, yeah, you're right. That's oh, we're talking for Lent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Okay, well, that's then. how you. Yeah. Well, bacon. chile verde and um. This would be like uh, like pico de gallo. Yeah. Made into a soupy exactly. lentejas thing. Mm. But sometimes it would be better to just have like quesadillas. You know, something simple. You just have like plain and simple tortilla with cheese. Or if you are like my comadre, quesadilla can have something else in it. Not cheese. Not cheese. Mm. Wait, what? You don't know that? What? what are... Well, this is... This, is, this guy's from Sonora, so no sabe. Mm-mm. So, okay. This is going to be a shock for you. Should I get up and sit back down? Just don't drink yes. your coffee right now. So you don't <laughs> spill it over the microphone. But there are some people, we're not going to say if they're right or wrong, that think that quesadillas do not necessarily need to have cheese in them. I know. I it's see. in the name, though. <laughs> I think he is very <laughs> upset right now. That is, it's part of the name. I know, but if you talk to people in Mexico City and whoever it is from Mexico City right now that you're listening, they're probably nodding their heads saying like, si los quesadillas no tienen que tener queso a fuerzas. Um, <laughs> sorry. That was a, y, te sale, y te sale bien, eh? A, yeah. Spot on. Um, so yeah, quesadillas, for those who are not from the central part of Mexico, 
would usually be like a corn or a flour tortilla with melty cheese in them. But in Mexico City, you can have like kind of like an oval type tortilla. Stuff con... But we can have anything. Like different meats. Yeah, like meat or like... Flor de calabaza. With coche. With a requesón. Andale. And then, if you want cheese with it, so you, you have can to ask quesadilla con queso. You have to ask for cheese in your quesadilla. Quesadilla with cheese. Otherwise, it won't have it. Correct. So the quesadilla. That is bizarre to me. Quesadilla yeah. chicharrón mm-hmm. con queso. Oh, dude, they're so good. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not doubting the, the delicacy that it should and is, but I'm. But for the purpose I mean, of I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like really. You're a purist. I, I'm a, not a purist, but it's in the name. Call it something else. Call it like a chicharron, a, a, a taco de chicharron con queso. Long taco. Or a long taco or a boat or find a quirky it's name like for it. People from Texas, when, the, when they order a soda, They're they say, about Coke? yeah, they say Coke. So they say like, oh, can I have a Coke? Okay, what kind? A Sprite. What? Gotta, and, gotta, it's, and it's only in Texas. I got to get in out Monterrey more. Too. In Monterrey, you can ask for like a... Una coca de manzana. I would flip out. <laughs> una coca de manzana. I would flip out. No, it's serious. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Because yeah. uh, Texas Monterrey is... They're close, yeah. right? They're pretty close. We're pretty yeah. close. Well, yeah. I mean, a quesadilla traditionally for me is, has cheese and then it can have something else. But its main ingredient for me, it's the tortilla and the cheese. Mm. Anything else is... Recipe. Follow us for more recipes. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're from Mexico City... So you can uh, trigger Gustavo. Tune in next week with Cooking with Gustavo. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But like quesadilla de flor de calabaza, I think is one of the best things I've ever eaten. Bro. So good. Well, that's the thing. that You can Mm -hmm. have it without the cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's still a quesadilla. It took me by surprise. The first time I had it, Mm -hmm. you know, my wife, like she's from El DF, tu comadre. Yeah. And, you know, oh, we're going to make quesadillas de flor de calabaza. And I was expecting cheese and there was no cheese. But it was delicious. Yeah. And it opened my eyes to the possibility of quesadillas without cheese. Well, I'm the jury is still out for me on that one. We'll just need to make some, I guess. And Change then, your life. I mean, it's, it's, you're going to say these are tacos. I know. Exactly. Knowing you, you're going to say that those are tacos. <laughs> Anyways, um, what are we talking today? Uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about how to heal your soul and and uh, like Wolverine, you know, like the regenerating yes. factor, um, which, you know, when, when you think about your bodily, um, oh God, that was, that was going to come out very wrong. <laughs> you think about how you recuperate, <laughs> Regenerate your your cells, right? Yeah. Um, which is what Wolverine does. Um, I don't think. It, have you ever thought about like damaging your soul ever? Like I never had that concept Mm-mm. when I was thinking about, um, you know, me as a person, and um, and I guess it comes from the fact that I that I learned again poorly catechized growing up, et cetera, et cetera. Finding about more about the faith that um, well we're we are not just body right we are body and soul, um, which the soul is created but eternal I think that's the main difference the body is created and uh, finite 
So our soul is going to live on and it can go one or place or another <laughs> eventually. Mm -hmm. So, um, and because of the fall, death entered the world. And there's this thing that I really, really hate called concupiscence. Um, and I hate it. I don't know. Hate is a, is a big word. We're not supposed to hate, but you know. We are wounded, so we have a wound that we need to heal constantly. Uh, concupiscence is—it's a fancy word to say that we are—we have an inclination towards sin, um, which I thought it was like, well, if God doesn't make mistake mistakes, why did He make um, us prone to sin? Well, because we have free will. Mm -hmm. um, And he's not going to take that away from us. And I guess we, Gustavo has mentioned it, like he's a gentleman, he's not going to impose on us. So he wants us to choose him. Um, but we don't always do. And when we don't choose God over other things, then we need to um, make amends and make things right and come back uh, into communion with God. And that's why the sacrament of penance, of reconciliation is important. Um, uh, so yeah, we are wounded. We need healing, and this is going to be a struggle. It's just part of, part and parcel of, of being Catholic, which maybe we can comment a little bit of this. is like when you chose to become like Catholic for reals, like practicing Catholic, did your, li did your life get easier? Absolutely not. No. I no, I mean, it's... It's kind of crazy. You hear it a lot. Like, you hear it a lot where, you know, the moment you start taking your faith more seriously, it's not one of those, oh, it's like a magic thing where, oh, all your problems go away. No, like, it's, I, I think it, it gets harder. You know, I, it's, I would agree. Yeah, because the, the devil doesn't want us to be happy with God. Absolutely. You know, so he puts more obstacles in our way. Mm -hmm. knowing that we are weak and knowing that we are prone to fall. Yeah, he's just talking to us in our ear, recommending exactly. things that we shouldn't be doing. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it, and then you become more aware too, right? Because as you're living according to uh, the church teaching, you are uh, kind of like dusting off parts of your brain that you weren't using before because you, mm -hmm. before it was all about, yeah, whatever, you know? Doesn't day in and day out doesn't doesn't have like and and it goes deeper right i mean because okay i haven't killed anybody or whatever and i used it, to think yeah, that i'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, not that bad i'm not yeah. that bad you yeah, know yeah, yeah. i'm not as bad as that guy yeah. you know and, and sometimes people say you know well i'm not as bad as i could be it's like well maybe you're not as good as you should be either yeah. you know yeah we um, don't see it on the other scale on the other side you it's know like, well you know i'm okay yeah I and, don't steal. And I think that's that's the the one differentiator that when you come into the faith and you really start learning and and applying yourself and and and, and hearing things from a different perspective um that when you compare yourself to other men, women, whatever well that's yeah, I mean it's easy, it's easy to just see the the splinter in your brother's eye, right? But we're not comparing ourselves 
to other people, we should compare ourselves to God. Yeah. And that's kind of like the benchmark, yeah. you know? And then we are going to be found very, very lucky. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I pulled up um, a, a paragraph from uh, Lumen Gentium, the dogmatic constitution of the church, that says that those who approach the sacrament of penance obtain pardon from the mercy of God for the offense, 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 offense committed against him and are at the same, at the same time reconciles with, with the church, which they have wounded by their sins and which by charity, example, and prayer seeks their conversion. I guess, um, this is, I thought that this was like super interesting to me because I always thought that it is what I do. And I, and I guess this is a very egotistic way of seeing it. Because I was like, well, first you need to recognize that sin exists, exists and it's a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Basically pulling away from God and doing your will instead of his will. So if you're not ready to recognize that, then I don't think you're ready to approach the sacrament of penance to begin with. Um, but once you realize that sin is a real thing and that um, it is separation from God by deciding that you know what's better, which is basically what Adam and Eve did, like they wanted to become like God, become like God uh, by choosing their own, uh, making their own decisions instead of making the will of God, doing the will of God. Um, then. It's not just your personal sin. I mean, it is personal in a way because you are the one committing it, but um, it, it is not just about you. It affects the whole body of the church, which I was like blown away by it because then the stakes are way much higher mm -hmm. than if it is just me and my own personal sin. So that part, that kind of was very sobering to me to say, okay, if I say that I have love for others and that I want to uh, love Jesus with all my heart and with all my strength and with all my mind and my neighbor as myself, but I continue to sin, that is hurting the church and you have concupiscence. It's like, you see, like, it's very easy to get discouraged to get into this cycle. It's like, why do I even go to confession? Yeah. I'm going to do it again. So, like, how do you fight that? Mm -hmm. um, and then I go back to the same thing. It's a struggle. Struggle is real, man. <laughs> it is. It's just... It's so... There's so many ways that you can slice it and dice it because then you you hear saints like Saint Padre Pio who would be a slave of that confessional, right? He mm -hmm. would be in that confessional for hours on end listening to confessions. I think Saint John Vianney the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um I think it was Saint Padre Pio who said that um it's like how long does it uh, do you uh let how much time do you let pass between confession and or how often should i go to confession and father pio would say things like 
you know, if you leave a room untouched for a week, it'll still gather dust, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying that you should go every week. It's a pretty good practice if you need. Yeah. You, you, need you should go as, as often <coughs> as necessary, obviously. Um, but um, I guess the minimum that the church requires any Catholic to go to confession is like once a year, no? I think once a year, yeah. I think during Lent. During well. Lent. I mean, this is why we're doing this is also as part of like the Lenten uh, series of episodes. And you're going to see parishes are going to do like penance services and, and, and things like that. So at least during Lent, maybe during Christmas. But really, like if we, if we are to set a bar, and this is just our recommendation, is that like if you are coming back to your faith, once a month right and then after that I would say like every two weeks maybe as necessary mm -hmm. <laughs> you know maybe you are like really battling some habitual sin and you need to do oh, it yeah. every week you know but then you can also it's, it's like a very delicate balancing act because you can follow on the other spectrum right you can be scrupulous mm -hmm. and scrupulosity is something that I know very personally <laughs> Of like coming out of the confessional, like I'm gonna sin, you know, like being very anxious about everything that I do or think because it could be sinful. So there's definitely some like calibration that needs to be made in the whole process of um, assessing what what you need. Don't be too lax. That you receive communion unworthily, but don't be too um, scrupulous that you don't that you deprive yourself from from receiving Jesus. Like the the story of, I think a priest said it like during a homily or something, and I'm probably gonna butcher it, but I I, I always think it's funny that he was telling that as he was getting kids through their first uh, um, reconciliation, reconciliation. <clears throat> excuse me this little boy came up and he confessed you know everything that he had to confess and whatever and then he said father I've also committed adultery <laughs> and father's like and father's like wait what I committed adultery and the priest is like do you even know what adultery is? He's like, I don't, but if it's a sin, I'm pretty sure I've committed it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like, it's the the knowledge also, right? I mean, we have to mm -hmm. know. Um, part of a good confession is, is you have to know what what your sins are, how many times you've committed it, And I think we'll we'll get into a little bit of that. Well, we can detail, we can talk right? about into in yeah. examination of conscience, right? Yeah. Um. So I don't think I have a definitive guide. There, you can use the Ten Commandments as your guide to realize like what are your shortcomings when when you in your relationship with with God. That's a very good beginning. Um. You can also think about 
how you have failed three aspects um god how have you um been in your relationship with god any shortcomings there um with others um and with those that are that you're responsible for um if you are in a state of life mm-hmm. where you have a wife and kids and etc so um it's basically the you know the two most important important commandments that we just said you will love the lord your uh, your god and others as yourself um so basically how are you are you being charitable to others mm-hmm. um are you being honest are you and it's like you shall not kill well yeah but there's a lot of nuances to it which you know if you slander someone that can also fall into that bucket or if you uh have a harsh thought or um judgment towards others that can also be part of like killing a little bit of of the other person um you know all those sins of impurity don't even get me started on those because you know we've talked about how maybe we should do uh an episode on how to um uh, deal with uh, how to grow impurity let's just put it on the yeah on positive, the positive side on the positive side um maybe when we do the episode on the year of saint joseph mm-hmm. that'd be a good note to self and um um yeah so the the um, the examination of conscience the preparation ahead of time first to to recognize your sin i think that the more that you're frequenting the sacrament the more that you are in tune with what is sin and and what is not and i think that the more that you are away from the sacrament the more that everything you, you are numb you don't know what sin is anymore because you normalize your actions and you're like well it's not that bad it's, it's not like one day you wake up and it's like you're this horrible sinner i mean maybe but um it doesn't happen overnight it's just you allow yourself to drift away and um to not be in tune with the will of god that you go astray a little bit too long but you know there's hope you can come to the sacrament of reconciliation whenever after 10 years like yours truly um and uh, and start over begin again clean slate dunk yourself in the mercy of god start over again and i think the you know talking about the examination of conscience it's that's so key when it comes to you know going in and, and doing a good confession I don't know about you guys, but when I was in school, I was a terrible test taker. You know, I would just kind of pray to the Lord the night before, like, please, Lord, give me recollection of this test so I can ace it. Because I would never study. (laughs) You know, I would just, sometimes I would just wing it. Not all the time. I wasn't that bad. Um, So if you go into it, it's kind of like, you know, like you're taking the test, like if you don't study, if you don't prepare yourself, when you actually get in there, I mean, it's going to be a, a a terrible confession, you know? Like you're just mm-hmm. not going to remember anything. You're like, uh... I did this, and then I think I did this. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, 
I but, might have done that. <laughs> yeah. But I think it also happens sometimes where you go in and you have this sin in mind, like, oh, yeah, I did this. And, like, you're going down your list of the exec- exec- examination of conscience. And then you forget to say that sin. It's happened to me. Yeah. Where, like, I, mm-hmm. I completely, honestly, honest to God, I forget to say it. And then you walk out, you're like, crap. I forgot that I killed this guy yesterday. <laughs> Whatever it may be. Um, you know okay. what I do? At the end, I, I, I say a blanket statement. For this and for all the sins of my life, I am sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I, I've done that too. <laughs> Cheap. Um, but, I mean, no matter what it is, like, if you go in there and, like, you're intent, like, you want to make a good confession, even if you forget a sin, or if you say that at the end, the fact that we still get those graces, the fact that we still get our clean slate is, it's very humbling. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful to, to, to think that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, to hear your sins are forgiven. That's so powerful. Right? To hear that. Go in peace, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. I absolve like you from your sins. You're a walking saint after that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You know, it's uh, a, friend of, a friend of mine said that um, he heard from some religious uh, told him that once you get out of that confessional and do your penance, um, go get yourself some ice cream. Treat yourself. Um, I would buy myself some some coffee afterwards. <laughs> Confession, um, little treat. Do you do you give the girls uh, uh, like a little treat or something after they go to confession? Yeah, we we celebrate. What every time you mean? I mean, yeah, because we would do it like every time we have got a confession. No, we not really. Like we obviously celebrated their first reconciliation. Okay. Um, but but no. Usually we don't uh, okay. do do something special every single time that we go to confession. No, we, we don't have that. Maybe we should incorporate it because it is a big deal, obviously, right? I mean, yeah. and I think instilling that in 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 your little ones early on, it makes it uh, into a very important uh, practice for them, something that has a lot of weight, yeah. you know, like a birthday, like celebrating an anniversary and stuff like that. We usually celebrate all those things and, and, and I think that's a good idea. You know, I've, I've never actually thought about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it, um, no nos faltan excusas para festejar. Yeah. We're not, <laughs> nope. We're not short of excuses to celebrate, but you know, coming back to the Lord and being in communion with Christ, it's a, it's a pretty good reason to celebrate in my book, at least. Um, I'm usually uh, I'm, I'm like the, the opposite is like and don't you forget it <laughs> don't you forget <laughs> no you do that again <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> it's gonna be double next time yeah <laughs> and also just just having that youth minister mind you know when mm-hmm. you have kids that are when you have teenagers that are preparing to go to either their first community their, their first reconciliation or but they were not teenagers it was like not even 10 when they went to first recon- reconciliation right? well no some some were like i was in high school really when i did my first communion so it used to be third grade and then when i was in high school it was 10th grade and then they brought it back to third grade again. Mm. Uh-huh. so i was confirmed in high school so i had to do my first reconciliation and uh and scary but you know, we, we tell Dude, the teens, huh? In Mexico, it was so scary to go to confession with because the priest would like scold you. Oh yeah, it's it's like for real the over there. Yeah, 
it's like a, then I then I got to to the U.S. and it was like very peaceful, very like pastoral. Is that is, am I allowed to say that? Well, at least in my personal experience, has been like priests have given me a lot of great advice from the confessional that have helped me grow in faith. Um, versus you know the uh, I guess it's it's a cultural thing, right? Like you need to scold the penitent so they don't do it again, and this is a bit of a shame, you know. It's like when into it when you're a kid and you hurt yourself. Really, I would always ask my uh huh. I would always ask my white friends. I was like, hey, like when you hurt yourself as a kid, would your mom console you? And they're like, yeah. You're like, man, you're lucky. <laughs> If I would have fallen or like hit myself or something, my mom would like she would be so mad at me. Te dije que te ibas a caer. <laughs> exactly. Pero no me oyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So it's like, it's your own fault. Mm -hmm. But coming back to, you know, when teens are, sorry, you know, we tell them that, you know, the sacrament of confession, it's, you know, as far as the East is from the West, so far as your sin removed from you. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the when you go to confession, like uh, the Lord makes you white as snow. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter how many times you tell them that it's still something so scary. And you know, Father Klein used to always say, he used to always tell the teens, like, I mean, he's been a priest for a long time. I think like more than 20 years. But he would always tell the teens, he said, like, if any teen comes to confession and tells me a sin that I've never heard of, I'll give him 50 bucks. Wow. <laughs> he's like, I've never had to give away 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Because they've heard it all. They're not you're not going to shock a priest. Like, <laughs> get out right now. <laughs> Yeah, I think you it was know? Father Lenke in St. Simon and Jude in the cathedral. Um, I think he was in a men's conference way back when in like 2013 or something that I went. He was like, sin is boring. Like, as a priest, we hear the same thing over and over and over again. Like, there is no way that... Do you remember this, that skit that we made once about like how we were like making up very, very dumb things for our confession board. <laughs> I killed the last manatee on earth. <laughs> yeah. And this and that. And then the priest is like, like, I know that you're lying. This and that. Yeah. Anyway, good times, good times. You administrate. Help your parish if you can. But, um, yeah, just knowing that, that, that you can start again from scratch and that God's mercy is so abundant that he knows that we are going to fail. Mm -hmm. Yet he like forgives us all so we can try it again. Because he wants that. He wants the he wants our repentance. He wants us to want him just as much as he wants us. Correct. Um so yeah. Tap into that. It's um It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But like you would think, okay, when you get baptized, your original sin gets wiped away, right? Then why do you need the sacrament of penance? Well, we, we talked about it a little bit already. Um, I wanted to get into the different names that we have for the sacrament. And... Um, We, we say the, the sacrament of penance, the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of uh, confession. All of these, because penance is part of the, the rite, 
it, it's what um, the priest gives you to um, expiate your sins and that you are to do right after you finish your confession and before you are going to receive the Eucharist because then your confession is invalid. I don't know if you didn't know that, but it happened to me once and when I went to confession the next time the priest was like, well, I am sad to inform you that your last confession was not valid. And, the, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, thanks for the heads up. Anyways, um, the sacrament of penance, the sacrament of um, reconciliation because we are reconciled with God and the sacrament of confession because of the disclosure of sins to the priest. Um, but they also um, talk about how the sacrament of reconciliation is also considered medicinal, which I thought it was very interesting um, to, to think about it that way because of the healing that happens in the confessional itself to our souls. And that's why we're like, heal your soul like Wolverine. Um, medicine sometimes is hard to swallow, right? So, um, you know, like if you're drinking this nasty tonic that like castor oil or I don't know, something like that, that is very hard to swallow, but it's very good for you, yeah. right? So it's the perfect antidote against like pride mm -hmm. and things like that. Or it's like a perfect balm or something that really, really aches you and that is very debilitating, you know, a debilitating um, sickness or, or infirmity. This is what we need in order to make our soul stronger. It's the, the, the Eucharist is what we need the most to feed our soul and, and to keep us on this pilgrimage towards heaven. But the sacrament of confession is that strengthening, I guess, they go hand in hand, right? Because if you are not ready to receive worthily, then, you know, just everything is in vain and you're only hurting yourself. Um, Correct. So that aspect of coming back to the very first thought that we are both body and soul. We need to take care of our souls, um, especially during this time of Lent that we are preparing um, to to live this very holy week. That's all I had, I think. Yeah, a deacon once told me um, that coming back to like uh, examination of conscience a little bit and touching, mm -hmm. I just wanted to make a point about that in terms of uh, pray to the Holy Spirit, he told me when you're about to go to confession, uh, for him to reveal things that you might not remember. You know, because we sin and we forget, and especially if you take long intervals between confessions, you know, if you do it every two months, every three months, or even if you do it like every week, um, there's so much stuff in our everyday life that stuff might like fall through the cracks and we might not remember. Right, because there's there's a lot of stuff that just there is to retain. So he told me, uh, pray to the Holy Spirit to to for him to reveal the things that you really need to confess, and you'll be surprised. He said, you know, because maybe he'll make you remember something that you did five years ago that you never confessed, 
I thought it was so interesting and so powerful that that he mentioned that and I applied it and and sure enough it was like then something popped into my head that I was like I don't remember if I confessed that but I'm I'll do it now <laughs> just in yeah. case you know so I think that's another another good practice really to invite this holy the holy spirit into into your confession to make sure that we're getting all of the grime out yeah. right I mean something that that we could do to be more in tune to what we are doing what we're not doing well uh, is daily examination uh, if we do be examined prayer according to saint ignatius of loyola jesuits are meant to do it like at midday and then right before they are going to retire for the day and you know today is day 22 of exodus 90 yes it is so we've been i've, I've been praying that well maybe you do pray it too as a part of your daily uh, routine of prayers but i think that doing the examine prayer just going through because you you go through your day pretty much from the time that you wake up until the, the present moment and realizing how god has acted in your life how have you failed um, or what shortcomings you may have had if you analyze your day if you examine your day you will find all of those different things and if you are someone with ocd like myself you probably will write it down and have copious notes of things like that and um, i used to write post-it notes of my confession it's kind of weird and then i would like rip apart the post-it mm -hmm. note because it was forgiven yeah kind of like a cool i did burn it burn it yeah i mean yeah i, I guess you don't want people to <laughs> stumble upon that and paste it back together it's like mira este pecador <laughs> uh, rosita from <laughs> Yeah. Ay, el muchacho que estaba el otro día. Chillando. Llore, llore, pobrecito. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know that reference, go back to uh, Reversion Stories, episode two. You'll find it. Um, a cool story about when um, the, the time that I went to confession after 10 years. Anyways, uh, let's go over some technicalities um, and what to expect. If you haven't been to the sacrament of confession in a while, we, we exhort you to to go this length um but like if you haven't been in a while here's a refresher of what kind of goes down um when when you are in the confessional so you can go like face to face with the priest or you can go behind the screen whatever you're more comfortable with both are completely valid um the priest will most likely do the sign of the cross and receive you to the sacrament and um and then he would he would you have priests that just like are complete silence and they wait for you to be the one that initiates mm -hmm. it's like you don't know what to do okay. so you walk in and you kneel down and you sit down and especially when you're behind the screen yeah and you're just there waiting it's like is he gonna do the sign of the cross should i do the <laughs> and sign then of you're the like hello <laughs> yeah <laughs> good bueno uh you do the sign of the cross and then normally you would start with bless me father for i have sinned and then you say how long it has been since your last confession then you number um, or say out loud your sins of kind and number and after that the priest uh, 
more than likely will give you some encouragement as well as your penance. And then the priest will ask you to uh, do your act of contrition and he will give you absolution. And right after that, you can come out of the confessional and um, do your penance right then and there, if at all possible. Um, and that's it. It, it. it sounds pretty straightforward, depending on how prepared you are. I feel like you can be in and out of the confessional in a few minutes, and boom, you're squeaky clean. A walking saint. A walking saint. If uh, lightning strikes you right then and there, you go straight to heaven, mm-hmm. straight ticket to heaven. So uh, now you know. Final thoughts. Um, Especially because, you know, we're so close to Holy Week now. I think, you know, don't be afraid of going to confession. It might seem, especially... I feel like the longer you go without going, the the scarier it can become, uh, the more daunting it is. Um, but I, I think one thing that's always reassured me is that it doesn't matter what I do, how big my sin is, how many times I've committed it, how many times I've fallen, um, the Lord always forgives. Yeah. So that's There's the thing no that always, sin that is bigger than God's mercy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's always reassured me. Um, and there's times that I don't want to go because it's like, man, I just, especially like if it's the same priest or something, um, it's like, man, I don't want to go again because I'm just going to confess the same thing. Um, or when you're the first one in the line and he comes out, and he comes like out, to start. Yeah. And he sees you and he's like, and he's like, oh, here we go. Just kidding. Priest, don't do that. <laughs> um, I don't think they remember. <laughs> no. no, you know what? Well, they see so don't. many people. Yeah, they don't. I've, 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 I've talked to some priests and they said, like, I, we, I honestly don't remember. Because they just, they're in there for a while. And, and how many know. times? Did they, like, St. Joan of Arc has confession daily. Daily. Yep. Every day. Um, so. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. of confession. Yeah, I think um, no one is beyond the reach of God's grace and his mercy. True. Right? Um, I really love the closing prayer for the Chaplet of the Divine Mercy, Mm -hmm. Um, especially the part that says, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's just so powerful to hear uh, that it's inexhaustible, that it's like, it's always there and it's endless. It's like the ocean, right? It's so deep. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, have have confidence that you're talking to God through the priest, and that God is absolving you and 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 bringing you back to Him. Right? It's a it's a great victory. Mm, Confession like is a place of great victory. Uh, because that's where we return to Jesus, you know, and um, we didn't touch on the difference, but also the knowing of what w- what is sin, right? More mortal sin versus venial sin. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess mostly we were talking about confessing mortal sin. Correct, you know, but also again in in that in that growth in that uh, um, journey, 
the more we know, the better we can defend ourselves, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Because some people think that, okay, it's just venial sins that I have. It's, it's, it's fine. You know, it's, it's totally cool. But sin is a sin, right? Venial, mortal, obviously. A venial sin is when we wound that relationship with, with the Lord. And a mortal sin is pretty much when you break that relationship mm. with, with the Lord. And uh, it's just about knowing and, and becoming more aware. I think awareness has a lot to do with it, with how you uh, confess your sins. And yeah, I mean, Lent is a, is a perfect time to really dig deep and, and do like spring cleaning. You know, you're right in the heels of spring. And, um, we, we do that all the time in our house, right? I mean, we clean our garage, we clean our rooms, we do like deep cleaning or whatever. Um, let's clean the soul, you know, when it comes time to Lent and to really, um, rise with Jesus on Easter Sunday. And, and yeah, it's, it's a great practice to have. And, and it's a blessing, you know, that we have the sacrament of confession that Jesus thought it out. Like even to that point, it's like they're going to need help, a lot of help. So and pray for vocations. Exactly. We need more priests. Mm-hmm. There's no priest. There's no Eucharist. There's no sacraments. Yeah. I mean, there is, but you know, not a lot of them. They're overworked probably. Yeah. Amen to that. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast, sharing it on social media, leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and recommending it to your friends and family. And if you didn't like it, well, calladitos se ven más bonitos. Just give it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. You can follow us on Instagram at Barbatos Catholic Podcast. Send us an email at hello at barbatoscatholicpodcast.com On the web, we are at www.barbatoscatholicpodcast.com where you'll find the show notes for this episode and more. And, blessed Salamis Casey, pray, pray for, for us. us. Until the next time. Enjoy your quesadilla.